Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Today on What Chaos, two crazy teams, a bunch of blown leads, and some wild heroics. But enough about the Blue Jackets and Ducks. The Bruins and Oilers played the game of the year. Austin Matthews hits 50 goals and does it in Arizona, shoving it right down his own people's throats. Would you do this Noah Hannafin trade? I think I would. Hooey! Hurry your slow ass up, Nick Felino. It's what chaos. Let's go. It's Thursday, February 22nd, U.S., and it's What Chaos presented by Prize Picks. I'm DJ Bean, a.k.a. Slate McRae. We got Sean DePaz over there, a.k.a. Bart Harley McAvoy. And remotely, Pete Blackburn, a.k.a. Captain Swoon Jenner. Hi, Pete. Hey, how are we? Great. We're coming off the greatest hockey game that's ever been fucking played. This is why we call it hockey. This is why we, like, started the show. It's it's after games like this where we're like, fuck, I just want to get on and sit down in front of a microphone and talk about the hockey last night. That that game, it was the first time in a while that I've watched a hockey game and been like, how the fuck am I supposed to sleep after that? Because that game was incredible. Lived up to the hype completely. Bruins 6, Oilers 5 in overtime. In Edmonton, Bruins blow three leads. one nothing. 4-1, 5-4, take a penalty at the end of regulation, have to kill off a JVR power play, JVR out of the box gets sprung on a breakaway and gets stoned by Stu Skinner. There were so many moments during that game where I wasn't quite thinking Stanley Cup final preview because I think that about these two teams all the time. It's all I dream about. But I was just so happy to be in a moment where I was watching James Van fucking Reemsdyke on a breakaway in overtime against Stuart Skinner. JVR's overtime days are, are long over, I would say. I'd have to check the stats, but I, JVR does not strike me as an overtime three-on-three type player anymore. I love that there was a situation with the game online. He was in that position. But honestly, that's just one of like a 100 moments from last night's game that were amazing. Neither team played particularly well. Connor McDavid's awesome. Mason Lorai had to do a ton of shit because the Bruins basically played the entire game with five defensemen. Stuart Skinner had his bad moments. Jeremy Swayman had his bad moments. And in the end, we get a game where, yes, we finished the night. You sent it to us in the group text. SpongeBob lying in bed, upset with an erection because how am I supposed to sleep? That's right. And how good does it feel? This is the second time that's happened this year. How good does it feel when we hype up a game so much 
and then it ends up being one of the best games on the schedule because we did it with the oil shark bowl we made it the the super bowl of of november and then we did it with this game because it's the two teams that we love the most in the league and Oh my God, both of them delivered and couldn't wait to get uh, to get on the show the next day. So it feels good. And I feel like it's just probably the Oilers. Like every time the Oilers play a big game, it's amazing because they're the Oilers. Right. It can't, it can't be, it's, it's not going to be boring. It's going to be right. incredibly impressive or incredibly devastating. If uh, you're checking out the show on YouTube right now, make sure that you subscribe. Hit like. That also helps. We'll do a little like spike in a little bit. But for now, if you are a new viewer who's just excited about all the momentum this game has uh, given your day, hit subscribe. It goes a long way for us. Uh, Charlie McAvoy with his second game winner in as many days, as many games, which obviously a shootout overtime, a shootout winner isn't going to be as amazing as how he finished the game last night, toe dragging around a sprawled out Evander Kane and surviving. Uh, this is an underrated part of this, but surviving the, a, a good smart poke check from yeah. Stu Skinner, somehow still keeping the puck being like, this game has gone on long enough, roofing the backhander. And that's that. And We've got a lot of talking points about both the Bruins and the Oilers, but since the Bruins are the victors, I must ask, they've now won two games in a row against really good teams, teams that people think are going to be there in the West when all is said and done. They're now back in first place. Have the Boston Bruins, in this unlikeliest of weeks, been galvanized? I think they've been galvanized. I, I think that this is a galvanizing week for them, especially after the way that they came out of the break. I don't think you can say that they're they're struggling anymore. Did they have a uh, did they have an imperfect game past couple games? Absolutely. They need to figure out how to stop blowing these leads. Uh, but you, when when you talk about the fact that their defense has gotten fucking demolished, they, they lost Matt Grizzlick uh, last night. Defense has been in a really tough spot and they've managed to survive against very good teams and very good teams that like haven't laid eggs. Obviously the Oilers didn't play a perfect game last night either. Like gave them a gift on that, on that Marshan goal in the, in the second period, awful, awful goal for Stu Skinner to give up, but the Bruins have, have played well and they're getting contributions from, from like guys that you wouldn't expect. It's not like their lifeless body is being dragged around by Pasternak and Marshand and guys like that. Like Jesper, uh, Jesper Volquist has been awesome the past couple games. Uh, he's been really great. You know, you look at Morgan Geeky setting career highs. Don't want to say I told you so, but Morgan Geeky. I, I think will we take did a victory see that. lap on that one. You should take a victory lap on that because... I was like, when I saw the Bruins sign him, I was like, all right, well, it's got to be for not a lot of money. Did he end up becoming good? No, right? Is he still in the, like, is this like a, he's kind of barely still in the league sort of thing? I was very confused by that signing in the moment. And I'm not surprised that he has had a career year because, I mean, he obviously hasn't had a great career to this point, but he has been a fine for them. JVR on one year and $1 million has obviously been a fine for them. Not everything they did on that kind of confusing, but I sort of see what you're doing here, loading up on a bunch of uh, lottery tickets, July 1 that the Bruins had, has mostly paid off, and now here they are, their first place in the Eastern Conference with Mason Lowry leading a game between the Oilers and Boston Bruins in points. 
God bless Don Sweeney. Good job, man. Yeah, Laura had a had a real good game, and and, and obviously, like we mentioned, the def the defense getting banged up. They needed him to have a big game last night. Three assists. He also had four block shots. So love to see it at both ends for Mason Lorai. Uh, Parker uh, Watherspoon in a moment where he had to be like a top pairing defenseman against Connor McDavid, which it's not like Connor McDavid was shut down last night. It's, he didn't have like a Connor McDavid game, but he well, was. I mean, you, when you look at the the fancy stats. Oh, yeah, right. He was. They, they, he was crazy dominant last night they without, outscored the bruins the they outscored the bruins i want to say three to one when Connor mcdavid was on the ice which sounds they, about right. they like out they out attempted them like 40 something to 12 or one of those numbers kind of you wild. put parker watherspoon out against Connor mcdavid and live to tell the tale pretty That's impressive right. watherspoon getting over 20 minutes of ice time last night for the bruins who and i know they uh played overtime games in each of these games are giving up a bajillion shots on goal, which historically, I don't care about that. But if you are the type that worries about uh, they're leaking shots, then maybe a Bru the Bruins are a team about uh, whom you might worry right now. Well, I mean, the bigger concern for me there is while giving up a million shots, they're not getting as good of goaltending from Jeremy Swayman. Like, Swayman had his moments last night. He came up huge in overtime, a couple massive, massive stops against Dreisaitl to give the Bruins a chance to win that game. But obviously his rebound control was not great in the second half of that game. Um, and I think with the exception of Monday's game, uh, he hasn't really looked good since the all-star break. Yeah. He said, well, there's just been, and this is going to happen when you're giving up a ton of shots, you're going to have more, could have used the save their moments. And I feel that that's kind of where Jeremy Swayman's game has been. It's out of, it's been like out of character kind of opportunities, second chance opportunities allowed for Jeremy Swayman. I, uh, I, I found it uh, funny after the game, David Posternock in the post game interview on TNT was asked about the playoff type atmosphere. And he said, I mean, it was a six to five game. I don't really know if that's a playoff game. Buddy, if it's going to be Bruins Oilers, then yeah, that might be what a playoff atmosphere looks like. Whole bunch of messy shit. Spoken like a guy who doesn't watch many Edmonton Oilers playoff games. That's exactly <laughs> what they look like. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, many asked going into this game if it was a Stanley Cup final preview. And I believe this was my Stanley Cup final pick. Although uh, for Schadenfreude's sake uh, and how disgusting it would be. I've lightly amended it to hoping there's a Bruins Canucks final because I just know that Vancouver literally could not handle it. I don't know what would happen this time around. But uh, the question I want to ask off of Bruins Oilers Cup final is who's more likely to get there? The Bruins coming out of the East or Edmonton coming out of the West? Bruins currently lead the East. Edmonton currently, I want to say, uh, third in the Pacific. Uh, not totally sure on that, but it's, it's an interesting question. Yeah, they uh, are. Yeah, third in the Pacific. Yeah. Third. Um, it's an interesting question just because I think the, the Oilers have a better team and at their best, they are way more dominant than the Bruins are like crazy dominant. Uh, so I think their ceiling is way higher, but they also play in a much tougher conference and their road to get to the Stanley cup final is probably going to be much tougher than the Bruins. And so like, 
I'm still going to say the Oilers because like, again, like if you're, if you're talking about teams at their best, I think the Oilers have a really good shot at, at getting there as opposed to the Bruins who are going to need like, going to need a lot of luck, going to need, um, you know, I don't know. I, 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 it's a, I feel like it's a toss up, but I'm going to say probably the Oilers. I think the Oilers are for sure the better team. They played last night's game, by the way, without Ryan Nugent Hopkins. So they're still going to be better. They're going to improve at the trade deadline. All the stuff that we thought they needed to do in net, they probably don't need to do. Maybe they'll get a goaltender, but they'll be able to get another forward. We talked yesterday about Adam Henrique. At the end of the season, we're going to think the Oilers are a better team than the Bruins. And then the Oilers are going to play the Vegas Golden Knights in the first round. And we are going to wonder if the, if the Oilers make it to the second round. So for that reason... And granted, the Bruins could play the Lightning in the first round. Or, like, the, the Bruins could also get a team that's got some sort of magic against them. So, it's going to be tough what. for either team. But the path in the East is so much easier than it is in the West. Especially if you're starting in the middle of the Pacific. Maybe if you end up somehow catching the Canucks and you're playing, like, a Bozo wildcard team. But even in the West, man... You tell me who the Bozo wildcard teams are. Yeah. Maybe the Blues, they're Bozo-ish. Say you get the Kings in the first round. F that. Yeah, absolutely not. Like, I, I think there's probably going to be one Bozo team. It's like the Blues, the Predators, the Kraken, maybe one of those teams. The Minnesota I, Wild, question mark? They're right in it. They are right in it. That's crazy. It, that's a Bozo team. Um, but, yeah, I, so I, I think that, like, you're talking about a really, really tough first round matchup for the Oilers right now. But I honestly think that's probably a good thing for the Oilers because it's like it's sort of like the thing that we talked about with Aiden Hill facing the Oilers when he came in. It's like if, if you if you knock out the Vegas Golden Knights in the first round, who's going to stop you after that? I feel like they're going to have a full head of steam. They're going to be uh, assuming that they're not like a graveyard of full of corpses after the golden Knights beat the shit out of them um, physically. But like if they are able to get past Vegas or another team of that quality in the first round, you're going to have a full head of steam. If you survive that murderer in the opening scene, you're not getting murdered in the movie. I hear that, but I also want to pick at something that you just said, which is after playing one series against the Vegas golden Knights and somehow winning it, you have played 10 series and every other team, your next opponent especially, has played one series. So you are coming out of that thing limping and saying, how the hell did we even survive that? Because Vegas is going to be throwing a completely healthy Jack Eichel, a completely healthy $10 million worth of uh, cheating stuff oh, that they oh, added. Apparently, Mark Stone might be headed towards LTIR too, so it'll be 17 oh, mil. Yeah. Buddy, you are going to face fucking Team Buble. <laughs> in addition to the Vegas Golden Knights, they're going to be fucking donning red jerseys on your ass. And yeah, I do know which jersey Team Buble is. Yeah, right? I mean, red? Yeah. Buble is red. Uh, McCray is yellow. He's pissed. Will Arnett is white. And uh, Bieber is blue. Team is Bieber, yeah. Yeah. It's iconic. It's going to be seared into my memory forever. I don't know how I feel about coming out the gate talking hockey, but this has been sharp and poignant, and I don't like it. <laughs> Speaks to how good the game was. Dude, like, I... This is, this is playoff-type stuff here. In the we, playoffs, I don't think there's going to be a ton of grab-ass because we're going to have so much to talk about, but 
this is playoff type show for us. We you, got that exact comment. A game so good, they went right into hockey talk before any grab ass. You texted the SpongeBob great now my dick hard meme to us last <laughs> night. And I was like, uh, quiet. I'm in our what chaos uh, show doc hammering <laughs> every thought I've ever had about hockey for like, I, I just sat at my computer just writing down everything about the Bruins and Oilers, everything about, I mean, I was double screening last night too. A lot of people don't know this about me. I was watching the, actually, you should know this about me because I was in multiple group texts forcing them to be interested in the Blue Jackets-Ducks game that we'll talk about in a little bit. But uh, unless we're ready to get off the Oilers, do we have anything else on the Bruins-Oilers? Yeah, I just wanted to mention Jake DeBrusque and his dad had the absolute most wholesome moment uh, last night. Louis DeBrusque, who we love because he's part of the Edmonton Oilers broadcast, best in the league, had a pregame interview with DeBrusque and pulled out a little, uh, I want to say what, like a coupon? It was called a golden ticket. Pulled out a little coupon that said, uh, it was when Jake gave it to him as a little kid and said, goal, assist, or 30 push-ups. And he handed it back to him. He said, no expiration date. I'm redeeming this. You don't score a goal. You don't get an assist tonight. You're doing 30 push-ups for me. Jake DeBrusque doubted whether he could do 30 push-ups at this point in his life, which is hilarious, and then immediately came out and scored his first goal in a calendar month. It was very, very cute. I knew I was going to like it anyway because I like Jake DeBrusque, and as you said, uh, we love the Oilers broadcast on Sportsnet. You got you got Jack, you got Louie, you got Bob, you got Gene, you got the whole gang. Uh, shut up me. I went uh, viral on Oilers Twitter last night, by the way, because I suggested Gene would interview a bear. And uh, that, that that spread not only on Twitter, but on Instagram. Incredible. The moment between the DeBrusques, though, is adorable because Jake DeBrusque was very, very overdue. And he was part of the oil man parlay last night. Did score. Figure he was going to come out like a ton of bricks. Show out. In his hometown. A question off that though. He's a UFA at the end of the season. And he is on the list. We've discussed surprising lifers. Jake DeBrusque. It is confusing that he has spent his entire career with the Boston Bruins. Even though he's not that old. He's demanded trades. Bruins fans have demanded he be traded. There's been a lot of moments over the years where you thought. This is where they will part ways. This summer seemingly is when the team and the player actually will part ways. I know that there are better ways they could spend the money, but buddy, if you had Louie and Jake reunited in Edmonton, it doesn't matter if the team wins the Stanley Cup, we win the Stanley Cup, because the grab ass would be through the roof. Grab ass would be through the roof, but I also, part of me wants it to be special. Like, it wants wants to be a rare thing. Um, no matter how old and cynical my heart gets, I will always love uh, the father interviewing the the son or just parent interviewing child um, in terms of like the sports sports scene. It never, never gets old. I mean, we've seen it with with Ray Ferraro. We've seen it with a bunch of other guys. And it always just like tickles my heart because they can never they can never fully suppress like, hey, this is my kid and this this rocks. This is super cool. Like ending the interview last night with love you, buddy. Have a good one was just the best. It was just a nice father son moment. Uh, that wasn't the only, by the way, 
funny thing that happened between the benches last night because there was a moment where hockey Twitter, shocker, lied and suggested that Darren Pang had taken a shot at Dr. Anthony Fauci. And I said, I must see this. I turned off both of my TVs so I could have, so this could have my undivided attention. That's not what happened. He was just talking about, he was saying during the bubble, uh, we wanted to have something to watch other than Fauci reports. I personally, to get into politics, was like, yeah, Fauci, tell us what's going on. Keep us honest. Make sure we're all being healthy. Uh, I would have absolutely loved it if for some fucking reason Darren Pang took his 25 seconds of airtime to be like, to complain about Fauci. Hilarious. I'll tell you what, he had way more than 25 seconds of airtime last night because the Chicago Blackhawks did like an in-arena like celebration of the uh, of the TNT crew, which is wild to me. I've never seen a team be like, welcome the TNT crew. And I know that uh, that Boucher and Pang both played for the Blackhawks at some point. They're but like they were playing the Flyers and Boucher is more well known for playing the playing for the Flyers than he is for the Blackhawks. And I've just never seen that before. Nothing screams. We don't deserve a national television game like honoring the national television broadcast that is currently in the building. Uh, The the chat, someone in the chat doesn't understand this. They said, who cares if he poked at Fauci? Uh, I, I wanted him to poke fun at Fauci. That would have been so funny. Again, yeah, it would have been pro Fauci. Definitely, just it absolutely wasn't what he was doing. It just would have been outrageous if a hockey broadcaster in this day and age of can we not make everything political? If a hockey broadcaster was like, you know what, it's 2024. It's about time I get my uh, thoughts on uh, Fauci <laughs> out here. And by the way, the point he was making was like, people were sick of talking about Fauci all day. I would like to push back on that. I kind of enjoyed talking about Fauci all day back in those days. We had very few things to do. As long as our loved ones were healthy and we were employed in finding ways to keep from losing our mind, I actually quite enjoyed the schedule of waking up, having a bagel, talking about Fauci all day, doing some work, going to sleep. It was a real party. All I did was play video games and smoke cigarettes. We had very different quarantine experiences. Well, you can blame Fauci for that. Uh, I'll tell you what. I can blame prize picks for how much fun I have in life because when it comes to daily fantasy sports, prize picks is just the way I like to lean, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, Earlier this week, we had Taco Tuesday because they do these fun specialty nights, and you can make every night a real great night on prize picks. Did you know? Say you had a little, I don't know if we can use the word action, but say you had a little whatever appropriate word for action is on Matt Grizzlick last night and he gets hurt. Oh no. What am I going to do? I'm toast. Prize picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play. Even if one of your players gets injured, you have a player who exits the game in the first half, say like in something like football or basketball doesn't return in the second. That player projection won't count against you, and the rest of your entry stays live. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Very simple to play. You can make your picks, submit them in less than 60 seconds. Crazy. That's a that's a JVR breakaway. From the time he gets to the box, 
<laughs> to when he's almost halfway to Stu Skinner. You've already, a uh, 60 seconds has gone by and you have submitted your picks to prize picks. So go to prizepicks.com slash what chaos and use code what chaos for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash what chaos and use code what chaos daily fantasy sports made easy. Another father and son moment. We don't have it. You can find it yourself. Uh, Nick Felino and oh, Connor Bedard. Felino yes. says that he likes, he said with us, he likes to kind of tr- try to bring it out of Bedard a little bit. He didn't need to. Bedard was ready with that sharp tongue of his. He was warming up for if uh, for if Torts took any issue with anything he was doing. He was like, you know what? Let me warm up by slapping this stupid bitch around and was pushing <laughs> his guy Felino. old motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Stop being slow, dummy. That's what he said to him. Uh, that was, that was an incredible clip. Uh, I don't know. Did they mic up both of them last night or did they just mic up one of them and it caught both of them having that conversation? I could see potentially just Bedard being mic'd up. If, if Felino were mic'd up, it's not picking up Bedard, but if Bedard's mic'd up, it's picking up Felino because Bedard is softer spoken. So the input gain would be turned way up on Bedard's signal. And then as such, that's going to pick up something that's farther away, such as Nick Felino. That's audio engineering for uh, you hockey dorks. <laughs> yeah, I think, and I do think that like Felino sounded further away. But what a moment on the bench! But them kind of figuring out why Bedard didn't pass to Felino, and him just being like, "Oh, you were slow," and he was like, "You calling me slow? No, I was saying that you're slow at the time." Which Nick Felino's pretty slow all the time. I wish she was like, no, I'm not calling you slow because I just fucking called you slow. It's not, it's what I was doing. Keep up. Felino. He only calls him by his last name. That's right. Uh, Should we talk about the other psychotic game that happened last night? uh, First, we got to talk about uh, the greatest American goal scorer, Frank Vetrano playing in the other psychotic. I'm just kidding. Uh, Austin Matthews hitting 50 goals. And I'll tell you what, everyone was having a party about that. And uh, my dance card was full because I was watching Bruins Oilers, Blue Jackets Stucks. I said, y'all have fun with Austin Matthews. Get off the Maple Leafs. I will be watching these two games. Pete, did you observe any of the Austin Matthews hoopla? I did. I did. And uh, when you were like, I'm double screening the uh, the Bruins Oilers and uh Blue Jackets Ducks game like every other person in America I was like brother Austin Matthews is setting records right now I don't think that's the the consensus double screen experience but I was watching uh I was watching Matthews and god just like the most unreal heater that I can remember in a long time he's got 51 goals now in 54 games he is the fastest American to hit 50 goals in a season uh and the on-pace Twitter crowd needs to fucking chill out because after every goal, they're tweeting, Austin Matthews now on pace for, and they're all having different numbers. They all have different goal paces. So if you're not, the only person I trust for that is James Myrtle because he's been doing it for like a decade. He's been doing it way before it was cool. uh, And he's been doing it with Matthews forever. So I trust his math. I trust James Myrtle. But everybody else needs to chill the fuck out. We know that Austin Matthews is on pace for a lot of goals. We know that he's on pace to be the first 70, 70 goal scorer in what, 20, 21 years? Uh, or is it longer? 31 years? 31. Don't care. 
Yeah. Okay. With like 31 years. And he's, he's, he's doing it in a, like a very impressive way. He's getting all these goals in bunches. He's scoring from ridiculous areas, but the second goal that he scored last night was the biggest heat check that I've ever seen. It just bounced off his chest and went in. Okay. I, I disagree on the on pace Twitter. It doesn't matter. So everybody just keep tweeting out whatever your things are. And obviously uh, our brains and our antennae should be up that, we should start doing those tweets from the What Chaos Show account. Every time Austin Matthews scores a goal or every time anything happens with the Leafs, we should blast out Austin Matthews is now on pace for 300 goals or something dumb like that because it doesn't... Un, I, I can't see how that could fuck with anybody unless there's maybe uh, a lazy journalist who's about to go to air or a broadcaster who's about to go to air and they're like, I just saw on Twitter, formerly X, that... Austin Matthews is on pace for 91 goals and he's actually on pace for 85. Oh no. It's like, you should have been better prepared. You fell for a fake James Myrtle, my guy. But it, it brings up the discussion is like, are you doing it by game? Are you doing it by per 60? Are you doing it by, if you're doing a per 60, what the fuck are you? That makes no sense at all. I don't know. It's like you get, if he's getting a bunch of ice time, if you're averaging <laughs> out his ice time and then averaging out what he's scoring per 60, then there you go. Rather than doing it by by like an 82 game sample or whatever. I uh, so I don't care about any of that stuff unless it's causing havoc and at least it's causing havoc. So I like that. What was your stat about the you said something in our group text about uh, the the types of goals that Austin Matthews has scored. All of them have been. Oh, yeah. Jackie Redman. Shout out Jackie Redman pointed out last night that Austin Matthews has 51 goals and not a single one has come on an empty netter. That's, That's because if he crazy. did, Morgan, hold on, say that again so we can do this clean. Okay. Jackie Redman pointed out last night that Austin Matthews has 51 goals and not a single one of them has come on an empty net. That's because if it did, Morgan Riley would cross check him in the head. Get back to the bench. Riley would say, what the fuck was that? Then he gets suspended for five games and everyone will cry about it. I did see um, somebody won an, a race to an empty net goal and kind of like uh, on the Leafs won a race to a loose puck and scored on an empty netter and like did a little wraparound kind of thing and shot it really hard. And somebody tweeted it with like, hmm, looks like a pretty hard shot, right? Hmm? Nobody going to do so anything about this? Sean, this I can tolerate. Sean and I both uh, rail against in-arena housekeeping stat things that will say at the end of periods, and I was at a Bruins game recently, saw this. It was like, fucking Morgan Geeky has skated three miles tonight. Oh, yes. <laughs> that what are we going to so do with useless. that? Yeah. What are we going to do with that? Or uh, the hardest shot yeah, tonight that's what I was has been... Or, or like, like James Van Riemsdyk's hardest shot tonight was 72 miles an hour. And I'm like, yeah, it's because he takes his fucking shots from one inch in front of the net and just kind of goes like that. He's like, the, the, none of it tells you anything about anything. So people are going to go home and be like, hey, you know that James Van Riemsdyk's hardest shot is 72 miles an hour? Then you got James Van Riemsdyk doing the what are you saying fuck me for? Because all these dumb things that aren't even stats, it's kind of information, but totally not useful, are out there. But, Sean, 
I would love for them to keep this with empty netters. Just like hard, like the shot speed on empty yeah, netters? Yeah, just be like, if it's above 40, you're getting your ass kicked. It should be like the lunk alarm at Planet Fitness. If you <laughs> register an empty net goal over 40 miles an hour, it sets off the lunk alarm and you get your ass kicked and get your membership revoked. It's five and a 10, you're out of here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I like uh, that. You're right, you're right though. That's a really good point that we haven't brought up. How much, specifically in arenas on the Jumbotron, how much useful, useless information there is. The fact that they have like updated skater speed in real time on the Jumbotron and have just like so many numbers and stats that are so useless. Just show me like the shift time. Show me who's out there. Show me the points. Show me the shots on goal. And I don't need anything else. I'm at the fucking game. I don't need to be monitoring how fast somebody's skating in real time. I go to a ton of NBA games. You know what I am guaranteed at each and every NBA game? Five guys on the court. Ten, if you consider there are two teams playing. Ten guys on the court. Their numbers. And then if they want some stats. Minutes, how many points, assists, rebounds they have. Hockey games, all I really need at the bare minimum is names and numbers on ice. That's all. And I would love their current shift. That'd be helpful. But as a veteran hockey watcher, I can fucking, I know that that guy, okay, yeah, that line's been out there for a minute now because I'm watching the game. But to make it easy for everybody, and I know that that's what you think you're doing when you're telling people how many fucking kilometers Patrice Bergeron skated three years ago or whatever, just give them names Numbers, make the numbers huge, and maybe no, you, you points, gotta have, assists, time on ice. You gotta have points, assists, and shots on goal because that's the betting the betting angle. People True. who have bet on the game are going to want to know how many shots on goal a certain player has. So that stuff is necessary. Everything else, I don't need it. Maybe throw it up there every once in a while. Like throw it up during a, uh, like a whistle. You, hey, this guy skated this fast over that shift. Wasn't that impressive? Yeah, sure, maybe, but I don't need it in real time. Like, I, I feel like we have too much information. It's too much to to sift through to get to that stuff that you actually want. Easy, and, Darren Pang. And uh, the we have too much. Of, shut up, Dr. Dr. Fauci. Too much information. Uh, the Jumbotrons are too big now. Jumbotrons are too big. There's too much space to fill and too much nonsense. That's my old man take. Well, you know what my young man take is? Like Spike in three, two, spike that like, baby. Spike, 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 like, 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 subscribe, subscribe. Give me all your money. <laughs> you got to make a like spike song, like a like spike jingle. Ah, could do that. I, I thought about busting out the uh, my original song, Hockey Game. For the beginning of this show because uh that is why they call it the hockey game the way those boys played last night they had me so proud of our sport i was having this conversation with sean i don't know if he was totally getting it but uh th there are some things with hockey where i'll say like the league the league fucking the league being dumb about mark andre Fleury's mask and there's some things that just instinctively make me say like our game or our league it's like when you're talking about uh, a guy in the NFL, if you call him a first-round pick, you're acknowledging this is a good player. If you call him a former first-round pick, you're saying he sucks. Uh, 
Connor Bedard was the example of like, whenever I see Connor Bedard do shit, I'm like, he's so good for our league. He's so good for our game. All the beautiful things that he brings. Hope everybody uh, liked and spiked hard. Uh, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The other craziest game of the slate last night. I fucking told you. Bounce back Wierenski was sharpening his skates, his teeth, and his hands. After being humiliated the previous night by Quentin Byfield and the Los Angeles Kings, Zach Wierenski and the Blue Jackets were going to be in rumpus time is over mode. And that's what happened. Zach Wierenski scores two goals in the first period. Columbus Blue Jackets take a 4-0 lead on the Anaheim Ducks in the second period and uh, end the second period tied 4-4 because they blew a 4-0 lead to the Ducks. Just an absolute fucking mess of a performance. Uh, one of my favorite things about the game not that you root for injury. My favorite thing was not an injury, but uh, Daniil Tarasov uh, needed to leave the game temporarily. I want to say he got like a stick around the helmet. So uh, he headed out. Elvis Merzlikens came in, allowed two goals on two shots, and headed back out. That was that. <laughs> he was just like, yo, Elvis, yeah, you spare me for a minute. Got you, King. <laughs> boom, that boom. Is, that's All incredible. right, you good? <laughs> That is pretty incredible. Uh, but I also wanted to point out the uh, the Wierenski goals were the biggest proof that like hockey gods do exist because those goals just screamed, we owe you one king. The first one bounced off his knee and in. Uh, and the second one, he banked off the back of the goalie. Like the two ugliest goals that you could possibly hope for. But Zach Wierenski needed them so bad last night. Oh boy. And you're probably asking, Deej, what happened in the third period? Uh, the Blue Jackets outscored the Ducks 3-0, 1-7-4. Some stats from this game. Zach Wierenski, two goals. Sean Corrali, two goals. Johnny Gaudreau, a goal and two assists. Captain Boone Jenner, a goal and two assists. Mason McTavish, two goals. Troy Terry, a goal and two assists. It was a an insane game. Truly, like I would look over at the Bruins and the Oilers for a few minutes and then look back and two more goals had been scored. One of those types of games. We love it. A, a perfect Johnny Gaudreau game because he had a great goal. His first goal in 18 games, great goal. Um, then a couple, couple beautiful assists. He had, a, he had a real strong game offensively, but he also had a few of a uh, few of the, what the fuck are you doing? You stupid idiot moments uh, specifically in the second period. He just fucking gave the puck away in the offensive zone. And I think it led to the, uh, the McTavish goal. It was 
it was tough. Like we've seen firsthand the Johnny Goudreau stuff can be infuriating. This, uh, this game reminded me that we got to do something with team period or end of period and or end of game tweets because they're always so funny. Some teams obviously take the we're losing send chicken fingers tweets, which whatever. Sometimes you're in the mood for those. Sometimes you aren't. But I just love and we're Blue Jackets guys famously. Uh, here are three tweets from the Blue Jackets. Curls joins in on the fun exclamation point for nothing us. And there's always like the same sized picture. And that's like the little update. Uh, then all tied after two. And it just says four, four end of second period. And then uh, like, a, I don't know, 20 minutes later, they're like, yeah, this game's insane because they finally got back to scoring and they were feeling cocky again. And it all ended with never a doubt seven, four, as Boone Jenner is celebrating an empty net goal. Terrific. I think, I think my favorite, my favorite like team recap tweets is when a team is up like five nothing or like five one and they're like, we're kicking their ass. And then you go and you see that they blew like a four or five goal lead and you go to the timeline and literally the next tweet after they're like, we're up five one is like, Six five final. <laughs> they, then, they don't tweet about any of the goals against whatsoever. And then after the game, they're just like, "Fuck, we lost." Oh yeah, that where is the, the best? Where they clearly have, and in, in today's day and age, the admin has become a main character of, of of sorts. The each social account has a voice, and there's this like mythical admin who's a fun, quirky person. But every now and then, when shit gets bad enough, they're like, "I'm just gonna pretend this is like an automated bot account." Even though the previous tweet is like, yeah, motherfuckers, we're going crazy. Take your shirts off. And then the next tweet is uh, like uh, Canucks win. It's like the uh, the meme format of like me on Twitter versus me on LinkedIn. It's what a team is losing. They turn into LinkedIn. Um, but yeah, the uh, that was hilarious. But that kind of situation is the only time that I really have time for like a uh, annoying social media team like the Hurricanes or the Golden Knights because when when they're getting their asses kicked they'll just be like fuck this sucks we're losing please send me home yeah so I'll take those when it's bad they're yeah. annoying otherwise and I the two teams you mentioned I think are the two best examples like both those organizations have gotten to do stuff with both of them uh I don't like the tone of well, who was it? Was it Svechnikov, the the Hurricanes and Canadians with the or no, maybe it was Aho, who was the the offer sheet thing. Aho, yeah, and Sebastian Aho. The the Hurricanes could not have been more annoying on social media about like, oh, you try to sign our guy. Well, and then they like I, I want to say that they put a certain number in the total of the contract to be like a little jab at something Canadians related. It's like, well, the Cockney one. Yeah. Grow up. Cockney. Yeah. I mean, I liked that. I thought that was petty. Like I I'm all for teams being petty and especially with offer sheets, like offer sheets should exist more, man. Fucking stop being so buddy, buddy with the, the GM boys club. Go you out know, there. It's partially and that somebody over. It's partially that, but it's also you fuck yourself over when you sign someone to an offer sheet 
because you're just creating you're you're signing a player to a contract they don't deserve, which means that when your player who plays the same position is up, the market for that player is now. So say say you have 80 points in your uh, right wing and I sign you to a deal for a million and a half more per year than you deserve because if I'm making an offer sheet to you, I'm trying to make something the other team won't match, so I have to overpay. Then when the guy that I have already on the roster, 80-point wing, comes up, he's going to say, all right, so we know that this team values this position at that. So that's a big reason why teams don't do offer sheets as well. Uh, shall we? Oh, there's a Blackhawks update. Uh, yeah. They can't win the President's Trophy? Yeah, they're that officially sucks. out of the President's Trophy race. Max Thanks a lot, Foligno. points. <laughs> Yeah, maybe if you skated a little faster, you'd be in contention right now. Yeah, Max 83 points for the Blackhawks this season, so they are out of the President's Trophy race. Uh, did want to point out, so, chat's talking about the uh, the Coyotes as one of those annoying, uh, annoying Twitter teams, and I'm so glad the story is out there now as to why that's happening. Yeah. That's a whole other thing. That's not just an annoying I, admin. So that's what I was going to say. That's yeah. not like an admin thing. It's who's becoming the admin, I guess. Right. But yeah. who has pushed, like, like where is the admin currently? And where is the adult in the room? No, like, I'm saying, like, where is the actual admin? Well, the, I'm pretty sure it didn't, like, I'm, didn't, like, the admin quit because they they had the phone stolen from them by a, uh, a certain owner. Okay, son. so if they quit, that's fine. But I, I'm I would imagining. Quit. I would I, I, I heard that they may have left the job, but I would absolutely quit if like the owner's son was just like, okay, I'm doing your job. And now this is a reflection on you. I'm not quitting. I'm being like, here's all the logins, do my job and I'll keep collecting this check. Right. Exactly. Dad. Put me on garden leave fucker. Uh, the... No, but then you have to go to another job and, or like when you come, when it comes time to apply for another job that like that team's shit is a reflection of you because you were the social media manager for the Arizona Coyotes during uh -uh. that time. You go out there and you you tell them exactly what happened and then you get props for working in such a tough environment. Exactly. This happens in sports all the time where the G where there's a team president and there's a GM, but the team president is the one who does everything. This happens especially in baseball where a team will have a GM who doesn't really do anything and yet your name is GM. Nobody's going to look at the moves that your team is making and say Hey, nice job, GM. They should understand the power structure. But I man, don't know, GM. the 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 Coyotes have had to lose eleven games in a row just to distract from oh what is God. going on with their admin situation. Bad team, I, Sean. They fucking lost the Leafs. I was the first one that said that they were going to miss the playoffs. A little bit they did. They lost the like Leafs December. last night. Yeah, but that's because the game was in Arizona. If it was in Toronto, they would have won. If the Who's game in Arizona. Who's currently having a more depressing season, the Coyotes or the Blue Jackets? The Blue Jackets. The Coyotes haven't had anything go wrong, really. Like, they're just not what? a good team. They're That's just a not... wild thing to say. Well, I mean, no, like, they weren't supposed to be good. Like, they're just a bad team who's bad. And they, But they haven't had, like, they haven't had fired their coach. They still have a good coach. They haven't had prospects complaining about not being able to play on the NHL roster. They, ha they haven't had to fire two coaches, actually. Um, or no. Excuse me, Coach GM. Um, like, it, the Coyotes are just bad, and this is the situation they're supposed to be. Things have actually gone wrong. For the Coyotes the are supposed Blue to be Jackets. respectable this year, and for a while they but, were respectable. Yeah, I would argue that they are. They're just not right now. 
it's going to be a respectable season when when everything is said and done. I think we uh, we have a a hypothetical trade from the Athletic. They put together trades that they would like to see happen before the deadline. One of them is the Calgary Flames trading Noah Hannafin to the Boston Bruins for Matthew Poitra, a 2026 second rounder and a 2025 third rounder. We will use this to transition into the wildly popular hot on the streets slate grades. Uh, the Bruins play the Calgary Flames tonight. They will get a look at Noah Hannafin for the chain. I, for yeah. all for the chain. Yeah. Okay. Calgary Flames currently holding the chaos chain, and it could end up in the hands of the Boston Bruins. No implications on this podcast. We don't, none of us have the Bruins or the Flames. So, ah, uh, uh, so that hypothetical trade: Hannafin to Boston for Poitra, twenty twenty six second rounder, twenty twenty five third rounder. What say you, Peter? I would absolutely do that. I would do that if I were the Bruins. Again, absolutely we said yesterday, if you sign, if you get Hannafin and you're the Bruins, you're probably signing him. And the more I look at it, and the some shit's going to happen with the Bruins roster this offseason. Uh, yeah. But they are losing, possibly, they could extend him, but Matt Grizzlick is coming off the books. He's a little under $4 million. The money that you are paying... Uh, on overages to or against Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci coming off the books. So you're going to have, I mean, just right there, that's not that you're giving him $9 million a year, although who knows what he ends up getting. That's like $9 million right there. But, and then you see what ends up happening with the goalies. Swayman is due a big raise. Who knows if Olmark is back next year. He's still under contract. But the Bruins are going to be moving things around, probably, and... If the biggest this, piece you have to give up is uh, Patra, like that's that's totally fine by me. I uh, I think jury's still out on Patra. I think you need a plan as to what you're going to do at the center position beyond this season, and with like a a long term scope. But if if you give up Patra and get Noah Hannafin coming back, who is like, uh, it's like a top forty defenseman in this league, do you absolutely do that? Morgan Geeky. Signed for two more years or for, for, for another year after this. So your center position is number one C looking incredible going right. forward. This, this has been the Bruins long plan forever. Maybe yes. even they fuck around, move Freddie back to center. Say, what am I going to do with all these centers? It's a Don <laughs> Sweeney impression. It's a very good one. Yeah. Nice. Oh, it's, oh, oh, what, there's so many centers on my team. That's like the most non. That can't even be an effect. I, hopefully, that doesn't sound like any accent or anything. What? That's just Don Sweeney. It just sounds right. like a guy who lives and lives on his couch. Well, uh, cannot confirm nor deny. I don't think Don Sweeney lives on a couch. Don Sweeney so. wears suits and stuff. Okay, slate grade. Uh, there's eleven games tonight. Mentioned the Bruins. And the Flames, Bruins following up their insane game against the Oilers last night. The Flames gave the Bruins a whooping in Boston. Boston's first game back from the All-Star break on February 6th, 4-1. to uh, Bruins can get a look at Noah Hannafin. You got the Avalanche, the Red Wings, who can forget those conference finals of 1996, 1997, and 2002. Love seeing those teams meet. You got the Rangers of the Devils, Stadium Series Final, as I like to call it. Yeah. I would love if those teams could somehow wear their jerseys they could but the nhls are fucking stupid just wear it wear the stadium series ones yeah they're not gonna 
They're probably not going to, and they probably shouldn't. They'd probably look so stupid on regular ice. Psst. It all looks stupid anyway. That's why we like it. Uh, <laughs> they should wear the jerseys. Rangers riding an eight-game win streak, and the Devils saying, let's see if we have anything to say about it. The Stars at the Senators, this is a rare matchup of teams in which one can spell the other team's name using the letters from their own name, so keep an eye on that. Uh, the Canadians at the Penguins... Winner gets Michelle Terrien. Uh, Capitals at Lightning. Sean, your breakdown? Uh, well, I, I need to jump ahead for the full breakdown because Predators, uh, that game's on ESPN. Predators Kings is also on ESPN or ESPN Plus and Hulu, which uh, to me is very P.K. Subban-esque because that would have been a banger like five years ago when P.K. was still watching hockey. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Absolute. Love that. Love we that need- shot. We need to start calling games PK Subban games where it's like, oh, that's a good matchup from when PK Subban was watching hockey. He's going to think this is incredible. (laughs) He's like, how do we not have this game? And they're like, both teams are in last place. What? But they got Datsuk. (laughs) (laughs) Also, that is, uh, that's very, that's watch what you say about the Los Angeles Kings. They're back. They're Stanley Cup contenders. Uh, Sure, but I mean, Five years ago, or I guess it was a little more than five years ago, they were legit, legit, and so were the Preds. PK is that dude in, like, 2010 drafting Priest Holmes in the first round in fantasy football being like, how did he fall to me? How is is LT available? Why does it say NYJ next to him? This is a weird league. Anyway, let's go. I got LT sixth overall. All right. uh, There's also the Islanders at the Blues. I don't have a ton on that. Islanders trying to recover from their embarrassment, I suppose. Uh, Canucks at Kraken. I like that one. It's If you were to tell me at the beginning of the season, one of these teams was in playoff position. The other one is kind of on the outside looking in, but maybe they end up making a run. I think we would probably think the uh, tables were turned. So that's a nice little feather in the Canucks cap. Uh, You got the Maple Leafs, the Golden Knights, Austin Matthews against Jack Eichel's salary cap relief which is a uh, very fun matchup. And then, as Sean said, the Predators uh, at the Kings. Everybody's waiting on pins and needles. What's the grade? What's the grade? I'm giving this slate an A-. minus. What? Yeah, too many games. I don't, like, I don't want 11 games. Too many games. Some good matchups in there. Nothing to the level, especially we're coming off the game of the year, Pete, that we knew going in could be the game of the year. And, buddy, it was the game of the year. You got to factor in the act that it's following. I don't know if tonight will even produce a Blue Jackets Ducks. If it does, I'll be thrilled. But looking at this slate, you got some games with high potential. You got some games with Michelle Terrien kind of involved. And most importantly, you've got a game in which you could take the letters of senators and spell the word stars so i'm gonna have that game on from beginning to end just to see what ends up shaking out there but all in all it's too many games none of them incredible so it gets an a minus uh, i mean i'd give it an a plus but i i doubted your a minus yesterday and it ended up giving us the game of the year so a uh, lot of games i do like your uh your your reasoning for the a minus a lot of games but a, a solidly staggered schedule tonight. You've got a bunch of seven o'clock games. You've got an eight o'clock game. You've got a nine o'clock game. You've got 10 o'clock games and you've got a 1030 game. So a lot, 
of a uh, lot of potential to to spread the eyes around. Let me ask this, and I was telling Sean before the show, I have loved taking the games, writing down little quips about them. It's a fun way to prepare for a great night of hockey, hopefully, assuming it lives up to the A-. minus. What is your ideal number of games in a night? Uh, I'm going to say like four with all different start times. Okay. I initially was going to say six. I'll bump it up to seven. Because I like having a game that I could always kind of ignore if need be. In a perfect world, you get like a one o'clock, a four o'clock, couple of seven o'clocks. What are we up to there? We're up to four there, like a nine and a couple of tens. And if that's not a baker's dozen, whatever, just keep the change. But I like... Give me a seven, a 7.30, an 8.30, and a 10. That's the good stuff. Tomorrow we have a seven and eight thirty and a nine, but all of the games are pretty god awful. Oh, oh. tomorrow is Sabres, Columbus, Winnipeg, Chicago, and I mean I guess it's not it's kind of awful, but uh, Minnesota Oilers. Minnesota right. Oilers last time I don't know if it was the last time they played, but one of the games this season was an incredible game. I remember watching it uh, in Chicago. The uh the wild and oilers had like a wild back and forth game and they were kicking the shit out of each other basically the entire game mm. so don't sleep on the wild have proven this week that they can be very very entertaining and the yep. oilers always play entertaining games so I, I want three games at any given time just so i can split screen two and then if one sucks put on the other one i like the shared experience of everybody having to watch the same game that's fair. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. We, uh, we haven't discussed it yet, and we haven't shown Sean yet, but uh, Sean cut his hair. Well, oh, Barber did. I lost all my hair. A trained doctor did. He looks oh. very nice. Can we see it? Oh. Hey, howdy, hey. That is crispy. Thank you. Thank how you. clean. How nice. How handsome. Look at you. Look how they got that. Mustache is making a full return. You have a here. tremendous hairline. Thank you. Look how they didn't massacre my boy. Arrow. <laughs> Shout out Eric, you. my Brazilian barber. Nice. Very, very nice. Uh, okay. Uh, let's say we uh, wrap it up by spinning the wheel. Want to do that? Do we have the yeah. wheel? Yeah. All right. Let's spin Why the wheel. Saying, yeah, because I don't have the wheel. Uh, just filibuster for a second. Okay. We are filled. Oh, Sean and I came up with such a good idea today, but it's not ready. So we won't unveil it. But we were really cooking, coming up with a, a way to fix the league. Ooh, we're fixing the league? Yeah. League All we broken. do around here is fix the league. Yeah, we have to. So, again, that's where 
we're fixing the league. If something good is happening, we're talking about it, how it's like our league and our game. Shout out Anson Carter, who last night did a very Sean thing by wearing a different rando hockey jersey every three seconds. Love that. Uh, the, I did see the, I don't know, did I ever even respond to you? Because I saw the text, but then I looked up at the screen because I wasn't looking at the time. I saw him wearing a uh, Atlanta Gladiators jersey which i don't know if they still are but at, like as of last year they were the echl affiliate of the arizona coyotes so ah shout out he was wearing a bunch of like echl some random leagues but he was also doing some of the uh the gay jerseys black history jerseys talk to me when he pulls out an australian ice hockey league jersey Ooh, yeah i mean I, look no one has it like sean but the man was participating he oh, was, i do appreciate it yeah all right let's spin the wheel for pete what do we got? What do we got? Who do we got? Let me get somebody. Oh, the Dallas Stars. Oh, is Logan Stakehoven making his debut? When's that coming? Because I saw they called the, him up. The dog or the composer? <laughs> Beethoven? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Beethoven. Uh, Stars send top prospect back to AHL hours after calling him up. Hate to see that. God damn it. I was. I was looking forward to Logan Stankoven's debut. So that's my star's take. Well, that's Stankoven. Uh, I, I, I didn't know, by the way, Sean, Arshdeep Baines texted you guys, watched a video of him taking his rookie lap. It was beautiful. You didn't tell me my guy's wearing number 80. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. I'm going to be honest. Don't like 80 as a hockey number. I know. Neither of you do. I love it. Yeah. Something about it is too wide. It, no, uh -huh. it's very, very boxy. It's extremely boxy. And also, that's what PLD wears, isn't it? Yes. That's like yeah. that's what I think of 80 in hockey. I think of PLD, and so it's not. I'll tell you what. I'll think of Archie Baines. Like, I want the PLD jersey. Probably that's, get it cheap. You are just a huge fan of risky jerseys. Yes. I'm just taking a gamble and seeing how it works out. The only thing that has prevented you from having a Stuart Skinner jersey is the fact that they didn't have yeah. Ottawa, or they didn't have Oilers numbers in, at Lids in Toronto. Man, we, uh, I, I was getting into it with some Oilers fans. They're becoming my people on Twitter, which is nice. Once we get out there, man, like a pro shop wars, first of all, shout out the Oilers, not very helpful with us for our purposes. Uh, but if it ever happens and we ever get out there and do the tour and do the pro shop wars and everything, they're not ready. I could very much see us going out there and getting minimal help from them and them being like, what do these guys want? Would you have to chaperone these guys? What's their problem? We have no idea who these people are. Are they aware of your relationship with Gene, though? Like, I feel like Gene has the power to pull some strings. That is true. He did personally invite us out to Edmonton. He did. Yeah, maybe they just don't know or They're something. They're not familiar with our game. There are... I do have a mental power rankings of helpful teams and not helpful teams. And... Loving the helpful teams, kind of confused by the not helpful teams. Maybe because the teams that are helpful are so nice and so willing to do stuff with us that I'm like thrown off and suddenly expecting everyone to be kind of nice. The teams that are not helpful are like historically not helpful. Anyway. I mean, chat makes a good point. Like, why would the Oilers feel any need to be helpful towards you when you're you're constantly throwing yourself at them? whether or not they acknowledge your presence or not. Uh, I'm not a huge 
believer historically and like the whole hard to get thing. I'm uh, like be yourself and like treat people the way you want to be treated. Show them who you are. I'm not going to pretend to the Oilers like I don't think about the Oilers and don't care about the Oilers. I fucking love that team. So if if they want to show the same love back, that's cool. But if it don't happen, I'm still going to watch the games. And I'm still going to talk to Gene a lot. Uh, let's spin the wheel for Sean. Subscribe, everybody, if you haven't. Like if you haven't. Ooh, the Boston Bruins. Oh, I <laughs> thought it was going to land on the Buffalo Sabres. Um, I don't have a whole lot to say about the Boston Bruins other than the fact that I'm still on my hunt to find my Bruins jersey alternate because I can't wear, as I've said before, I do not like the Boston Bruins. Grew up a Sabres fan. Hate basically everything Boston sports that is not the Boston Red Sox. Um, so I need to come. I need a jersey that I can wear to Bruins games. My shorthand list is either a PWHL Boston jersey, a Devin Levi Northeastern jersey, or a Jeremy Swayman Maine jersey. Um, or maybe a, a piss jersey. But I don't know. That would probably still have a Bruins logo on it. So I'm, I'm still on my hunt for a non-Bruins Boston hockey jersey. Could absolutely see you see you wearing either a Devin Levi Northeastern or a Jeremy Swam in Maine. Devin Levi Northeastern obviously has a lot of... I can use it in a couple of different scenarios. Personally, oh, Sean, I haven't even told you this yet. Uh, we have a, a Hockey East hookup. And oh, right. buddy, buddy, Bro. you're invited to the hockey east with us this year. So let's go. Uh, get ready to lock down some college hockey jerseys. Yeah. Did I not tell you this? I we were doing like me and Jeff were doing like hard planning involving you and never brought it up to you. I have no idea what you're talking about. When Je Jeff and I were stoned at a hockey game, and maybe this is why we kind of botched this uh the the communication, but yeah. A hockey East connection. Who I've been unable to go. I want to. I've never gone in this group. I've been part of the planning and I haven't gone each time. I can't go this year either because it's the first day of March Madness and I am out of town every year for that. Have plans. The boys get together. We have ourselves a time. So I can't go. But Sean, yeah, you are going. To, to to what you've just said like the hockey east tournament hockey at the garden east. oh oh yeah hockey okay. east tournament at the garden yeah yeah it's, it's fucking like right. one go. of my favorite weekends of the year uh, i'm i'm huge college hockey guy obviously big arizona oh. state hockey guy shout out joey decord pride of arizona <laughs> state hockey um but he's yeah he's so all fucking the way good man he is still it's been top five and save percentage for a while now um so shout out joey decord it's gonna be amazing this year okay too. so pumped I I'm a Northeastern guy. I just want to, that, that has become like, I've decided I needed to claim a Boston college. Not, and it's not going to be Boston college. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and, uh, you know, I beef with Jack Eichel, so it can't be BU. Um, so Northeastern. It's makes definitely sense. Northeastern for you. I can put you, we can put you in touch with uh, a few people. If, who, if, if I can figure out a way to get a, a real Devin Levi jersey, Devin Levi Northeastern jersey, I'd be very, very happy. If, if I weren't completely tapped out, Pro Shop Wars wise, I'd for sure be like, Pete, let's get Sean uh, Devin Levi jersey. Well, the, I the, like that we're so tapped out that now it's going to have to be a little more of an adventure. <laughs> we're going to have to scrimp and save. I just don't know like where to get one. Like, you, There's not like it's they don't sell Devin Le Northeastern doesn't sell Devin Levi jerseys. We, so. we got a guy for you. I think you might also have a guy that could help me get a 
a Swayman main jersey. You do, yes. You, you know a guy yeah. whose last name is Swayman and played goalie at Maine. So I cannot believe I haven't seen Jeremy Swayman in person in over a week, and this is that's the first time that's happened to me in like a month. <laughs> we, we have done like because I, I know the 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 not a Bruins pod was a joke, especially early on. Done a lot less Bruins stuff than I guess I would have thought at this point. Like they're right down the street. We've yeah haven't done it. I mean, we have more Bruins stuff coming for sure but i mean other than earlier this week we haven't like broken down the bruins and addressed the bruins the way that we have with other teams well yeah i definitely think there was a slight like overcorrection where like early on we were like we don't want to be we like are an nhl show and then we just hadn't talked about the bruins for a very long time uh also my beef with jack eichel is that i'm a sabers fan and him and the sabers just agreed and i'm always going to be loyal to the sabers even if jack eichel maybe what? was right maybe he was, was right, right. Uh, he might have been right but also, if I'm the Buffalo Sabres and you haven't had any good, anything good in 15 to 20 years, and then your star player wants to get a surgery no one's ever had before, I understand the the hesitation. But he was probably a little. Patriots bit right. let Tom Brady uh, do it. Yeah, and uh, and by the way, Sabres, nice little win last night. Jeff Skinner got to start asking the question: Why does he hate Montreal so much? That guy goes off every time he plays in Montreal. Everyone hates. Montreal, He's got a lot of ha- hate in his heart. Montreal is just like the like they are somehow in a league that takes place in two countries, like the foreigners. They're just like the weird Frenchmen, and mm. it coming coming from a Buffalo Sabres fan who they play the Canadian national anthem. And yeah, the American no, national I, I this is not this game. is not a this is not a shot at Canada. This is Canada U.S. It's a shot at Fauci. It's it's, it's a shot at Fauci and it's a shot at the French. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's spin the wheel for me. Spin it for me. Oh, Ooh, the Knights. Vegas Golden Knights. Okay. Cheaters. Uh, the more I think about it, the more I do want them to add an absolute ton of stuff. I want them to trade picks we didn't even know that they had. I want the NHL to uh, subsidize their assets just to make people so mad that they put players on LTIR. And no, I don't want Mark Stone to miss a ton of time, and I don't want Jack Eichel to miss a ton of time. But for some reason, it's not for some reason. I have a thing against people just choosing to be wrong. Like, I could I could understand this piece of information, but I'm choosing to not get it. That's what people do when they complain about the lightning circumventing the cap or... The Knights circumvent, like, these are rules. You're allowed to do it. So because I get so annoyed with people who choose to not understand a rule that is very plainly written out, I want it to be thrown in their face to make them as upset as possible. So, like, I want somehow the Golden Knights, even though it would fuck the Oilers, like, I want them to get Austin Matthews. You made a great point yesterday that I feel like no one brings up in this conversation. (laughs) Is that, like, they are putting their best players, they're taking their best players off the team for like half of the fucking season. Obviously, it's a risk. Less than half at this point. But like, they are a team that's only two points ahead of Edmonton right now, and they're going to put two of their best players, arguably their two best players, they're going to shut them down for the rest of the regular season and then run the risk of having to play that series in Edmonton as opposed to playing it at home because it is such a close race. Like, that's not... I don't understand how you could call that cheating. You're how potentially funny would, How funny would it be if they... Wa- how funny would it be if they went out and they traded for Casey Middlestat and just took like another Buffalo Sabres star? <laughs> well, then I would hate the Vegas Golden Knights forever. 
That's just. Uh, I mean, I would really hate the Buffalo Sabers, but. I would Somebody love. In the chat said that there was a it was a, a Arbor Jacki legacy game last night. Dude, he Did was you see the, bullying you see the, clip the shit of him out of Casey bullying Middlestat. Casey Middlestat. It was incredible. He checked him and like tossed him five times in a ten second span. It was incredible. I love hockey so much. I love you boys, my friends, and we love everybody. So if you haven't, please subscribe. Enjoy the hockey over the weekend. You know where to find us our usual places. We'll be back next week. Uh, this is the first week in show history that we did not have a guest. We had... Wait, really? Correct. I think. I we had... Goes without a guest before. We had a, a, a sick Pete. We had a couple moving parts. Uh, there are things that we could have done, things that maybe another time or whatever. This was more of a lean week. Because we wanted to give you the hockey news, and then the hockey hockey really stu- like stood up for us. Yeah, carried they, the day. They they really they did they got the job done. We're nothing if not newsmen. We some it is crazy that we had a week, possibly the first without a guest, and we had the goal and game of the year and back to back days on that week. Maybe it's because this is the first week that we weren't like either conducting or editing interviews, so this is the most hockey we've watched, and we're like, wow. How lucky the hockey ended up being good this week, and it's like really just the first time we've watched hockey all season. And also, it's that's definitely uh, uh, depends on which games you're watching because as an Arizona Coyotes and Buffalo Sabres fan, it has not been a good week of hockey. I love how invested the chat. If we wanted, we could keep this show going another 45 minutes, and it would be people weighing in on which jersey they'd like Sean to get. At the end of the day, I for sure want Sean to own a PWHL jersey because the league means something to him, and he's been a, a great supporter and ambassador for our league. So I want him to have that anyway. I think that he should be gifted a PWHL jersey. Some team should circumvent the cap. Just send it to Sean. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that my allegiance is to Boston right now, but I, it could be bought very easily. Unless it's the Ottawa. Question, I don't want one of those weird cream The big question is whether you get the one-off, like, inaugural season PWHL Boston yeah, jersey that is or something you wait we also for the about. real jersey that's coming after this season. I feel like getting the one from dose. this year indicates that you're an early adopter. Like, you are in on the ground floor of the PWHL. So yeah. I, I I don't hate you getting that one. I mean, and like I said, por qué no los dos? I mean, even if, if I get one now, there's not, no reason I can't get one next year. Even if they're boring, the inaugural ones are going to age well. Yeah, I also that's going to be a cool jersey. Feel going like forward. I can't like I should get a Boston one because I live here. I can't claim a team until I know what their name's going to be. Because like if I if if I start rooting for Boston and then they just have a shitty name, I'm going to be real pissed. Mm-hmm. So I guess I do kind of have to wait for that. Apologies to everyone. Uh, there was minimal grab ass today, but again, we're hockey men. We're hockey reporters at the Super Bowl. It's all that we know how to do. Uh, We'll probably do a little more grab ass next week, but uh, we'll also be back with guests and a lot of fun things. As I said, you know where to find us. Please make sure you are subscribed on YouTube. We're tossing shorts up there. We're tossing Pro Shop Wars and all the fun things we have up there. It's all right there at YouTube.com slash at what chaos show. We will talk to you next week. Bye.